now I can, yes. How are you keeping during this? I'm okay. I'm okay. I've had, honestly, I can't tell you what my day has been like. And I'm still in a car on my phone doing this. If one more person tells me they're bored in lockdown, I haven't stopped. Is that what you get? You know what? I'm hearing that a lot. In, in some ways, there's a good and a bad thing, this lockdown, I feel. It's, it's kind of, in a way, work for me because I've got, um, I've got a couple of different businesses. So it's given me the chance to kind of look at things that work in it, look at things that don't. And I'm about to start doing my podcast and stuff like that. So in a way, it's given me the chance to kind of do, because I'm doing the online training, but I'd already booked in to do, you know, where you go there. Have you, have you been to their place, the progressive place? Uh, not at all. I I have very limited knowledge on all these things. It's just that uh, I'll tell you my I'll tell you the story of the point why I'm doing a podcast is effective, effectively um yeah there's so much time to do a lot of different things and I've been told in the past that I should do a podcast because I talk in a very analytical manner and I've well, as a comedian I've been speaking to a few comedians that are doing quite well. One of the main reasons why they've set up a podcast is that um, people get to find out about them. You know, they get they build an online following, but with a podcast, they get to build an audience. The audience get to know them, and then they buy their tickets. Yeah, true so though. You, they will. People will buy into you. Yeah, it's one thing I've also learned with my night as well, running a comedy show. It's all about. You can advertise your show a lot and you can do this and that, but you've got to have a good relationship with the, with the people that are coming in. Like no one wants to be treated like a McDonald's customer. No, you're right. And what it is, people buy into the person as well. And that's kind of how, what, how you're doing it is kind of why I am. Because I've got this like bizarre anti-aging clinic and it's like all the weird and the wonderful come to us and we do like quite extreme stuff. You know, like where we take people's bloods, we spin it, we inject it back in, we do all like stem cell rejuvenation. And what people say is I'm kind of the business. So people buy into like the person who is business. So to do a podcast, people are buying to you. You can then kind of, like you're saying, you'll sell your tickets to your shows. For me, I'll sell people coming into my business, buying the, the products I'm going to be selling on like Amazon and stuff. And it, it does work. But for me, I've been in lockdown with my mother who is 77 on Thursday. And I'm telling you now, it's getting to the point where if I could buy a jar of coronavirus, open it and rub it over her, just for her to shut up, I would. But strangely enough, I can't seem to find a tin of coronavirus. <laughs> Honestly, I can't tell you. It has been, it's my brother today, he lives in Dubai. I said, I'm digging this hole in the bottom of the garden and I keep rolling her into it. She keeps scrambling back out, but I will put the dirt over the top of her in the end. I'll, I'll, honestly, don't be in, are you in lockdown? Who are you in lockdown with? You on your own? No. Uh, so it's, a, it's a funny story. I was in uh, France Etomps doing a theatre course and then um, yeah, when this all happened, I had to come back here. And so now I'm with my parents really. So. Yeah. Listen, tell me about it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it, it's hard going. It's hard going. And for me, I, I was with someone for a long time and I left him a few years ago and I had a dog. So I said, well, what I'll do is I'll come back to my mum's while I get sorted and my little dog died. I had Barbara, the bulldog. And, um, and obviously the plan is to move out. Then she had a hip operation. Then I couldn't. And you know, it just spirals. But this, I've just said to her, like, mum, I kind of, you know, I feel like I've done my bit. I'm 49. I can't be living at home with my, exactly. You know, I've, I've done my bit. And it was, wasn't a plan to stay there for, forever. Especially now lockdown has, um, you know, ended up trapped in that. So, yeah, so uh, she doesn't know I'm moving out yet. So that'll be a good one when I tell her. Mm. that's um so that's interesting you this is not be this is not a compliment this is not like being nice or anything but I, you do look young for your age if nothing on me is real <laughs> <laughs> no, what, it, what it is i 
because of the clinic, we do like obviously we do like the Botox fillers, but we do like real full on like facial stuff that like take off layers of your skin. And because that's what I do for a living, I obviously again this is another thing for the podcast to talk about what you can do to kind of stay looking younger, but also it's not just about looking younger. It's about a positive attitude to life. It's about being happy within yourself. And you can have as much work as you want on the outside done. But if you're a bit damaged inside, you know, you've got to work with that and everything else. And yeah, so that this kind of, it all kind of ties in with what I do. I love detox clinics as well. So we've also, I've also got like, um, I've got a colonic irrigation business as well. So, uh, yeah, well, I've got that too. So we do like all um, health and well-being. We're about to launch our own juices. I'll tell you what I'm about to launch as well, a constipation oil. So you rub it on your tummy and release constipation. Nice. That's a good, uh, that's a good <laughs> setup line if anyone asks. Yeah, I can rub your tummy and make you go, make you, <laughs> make you poo. So, uh, yeah, so I do that too. So for me, I'm very much all about, You've got to look on. You've got to look on the positive side of things. There's no point in being a miserable git. You know, you've got to look at it and think this lockdown has been a nightmare. But you've got to find a positive spin on it, which I, you know, I kind of have. So yeah. So, um, but that that's why I don't look fifty because of. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I haven't. I don't really even wear a lot of makeup. It's just, it's, it's what I do for a living. It is what I do for a living. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I'm not, I don't smoke either. I'm not a massive drinker. Ah, okay. So I think smoking, when you see people that smoke, do you smoke? Nope. I just smoke the, the I just smoke, what's it called? Smoke the smell. No, I smoke the smell of, of, of work. That's what I smoke, yeah. Just work? Yeah. Are you a workaholic, though? Um, I wouldn't say I'm near that yet, but I, um, probably I'm near the point of that, but I wouldn't yet necessarily call that call myself that now. Aren't you in kind of like technical stuff, techie stuff? No. I, what, I, do you do? what do you do for a living apart from comedy? Or is that all you do? You just write comedy? No, no, no. I do comedy, but I also run shows. Oh, perfect. Okay. So it's, well, I, th I think there's a lot of things. I, I, you've got to decide what you want and what you want to be. You can't be too many foots in one, one area or the other. Like you can, if you go out every day, you want to be like a famous footballer. It's not going to happen. No, no, you can't. Listen, I, I am quite a workaholic. I do love work. I'm not like a normal I'm not like a normal woman. I don't like shopping. It doesn't interest me. I cannot be bothered to talk about, you know, you get some women all about like what handbag, what shoes. I like nice stuff, but I buy like, I'll have a little thing. I'll buy stuff in bulk and then that is it. But for me, I like to kind of make money and see an angle in life and jump on that, which is why at the minute podcasting is still so new. And I think on the podcasting now, Again, like what you're saying, to sell your brand like I'm going to do with mine is, uh, is definitely the way forward. Um, I want to ask very sort of simple questions, very basic questions on the podcast course, but I don't want to ask too much. Um, what's, because I'm new to podcasting as well, what um, things does the course make you aware of that you wouldn't be if you didn't do the course? You have it makes you aware of everything. But I am quite like that. If I'm going to go into something, I will go into it really deep. So I went to, I just Googled, just Googled about podcasting and there one came up and it was a free day. I had to go all the way to Peterborough. Obviously I'm from Essex, as you can probably tell. Um, and Khadija was doing the podcast course. I hadn't, didn't have a clue who she was, but it was really it's very informative and what it was for me I I tend to if I gel with someone I will that's who I will gravitate towards anyway no matter if there's someone else that's probably a lot better but I don't like their 
personality or their persona. And I just really got on well with Khadija from the word go in, in a group environment. And um, we started talking about detox clinics. She was going to do a detox retreat. We've got a piece of land with another one of my business partners in Northern Cyprus where we're planning to do that. And the course itself is really informative. But at the end of it, you could, they listen, they do like the whole sales thing. If you want to then book another two-day course, it's going to be this much. And But if you do the marketing, we'll give it to you for this and that. And I just knew that it was going to be for me. And for what I'd learned in that one day, I knew I wanted to go deeper into it. Because for me, I don't want to have to do really the techie side of it. I just want to come up kind of with my content, do the podcast, send it to them. There's, they've got a company where they can then... They edit it, they work out the marketing, they do all the Patreon stuff. And I just thought, yeah, so I, instead of it being three grand, I bought it on the day as like an incentive they do, which you know that you're going to get whatever anyway. And it was a couple of grand. And I just have gone from there. And I've got to say, they have been amazing because they give you a lot of like add-ons as well. And I then become quite friendly with Khadija anyway. And she's been telling me different things. And that's why we're doing the Amazon thing, because she was the one that said, Vic, you need a product. And um, literally, I'm just about to transfer three grand to her tomorrow. And she's going to become my mentor. Okay. Mm. But you've learned a lot more. I mean, I'm doing, obviously, I had to pay to do the course to go there, that it got cancelled. So I'm doing their online one. And then I'm also doing the one where I physically go back there again and another marketing day. But my podcast will be up and running by then. I'm still going to do it because I like, I'm quite visual. So even though I'm doing it like online and they're going through it, you see them all and everything. I actually physically want to go. I, I want to actually go into the studio. I want to see how they do the editing. I want to know what I'm going to be getting for my money. And I want them to take away all of the... The, the side which is going to be more difficult for me to get my head around. I don't want to edit my own podcast. All I want to do is I want to record it, sort it out and send it to them. And I want them, they've got like, um, engagement actually got like a PA in the Philippines. So you've got like a PA, which I will then take as well to do my own stuff. So yeah, there is a lot more, I would say probably if you was to do the course with them, you'll refine it quicker. And by having Khadija, whether this is a lazy thing on my part, which it probably is, because I just want to propel and go straight into it. By having her, she will kind of tell me what to do step by step. So I've got to fathom it out for myself. Hmm. Yeah, they're good. What, so what's the name of Khadija's um, podcast and what, what did she... Keeping it real. Oh, okay. She was on The Apprentice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got so I'm not a massive reality TV show person. It bores me, but listen, it, it works, especially the area I'm in. Everyone's either on Tawi or Love Island. <laughs> which which ones? Which ones? <laughs> They're on all of them because we have a lot of a lot of my clients are like we've got Love Island girls that come into us, Tawi girls. My friend Nicole's just become the new housewife on the Housewives of Cheshire, so uh -huh. I am surrounded by all them kind of people I've got like, like one of my friends was an ex page three girl in a day who got like done for money laundering and has been in prison and there's films come out about them so I'm I'm quite I'm surrounded by quite quirky characters anyway yeah. <laughs> the thing the thing I do feel <laughs> if if, if if at a young, if someone's at a young age and they're getting all these operations and they're doing all this, yeah, it, it's going to affect what they have on the inside. Of course, like, it is. Health, health, 100%. Like health-wise, but also, of course, like they're not going to develop other parts of their, their themselves if they just do no, that. You're right. And this is what we say, and this is why. Um, can you still hear me? I'm about to turn the car on. I've got no charge. It's been one of them days. Um, no, and this is why. So what we do, what I do have a cosmetic. We do cosmetic surgery abroad. Um, but what I would always say to people is, one, we won't take people that are young anyway. We sit and go through everything with them. 
and Essex is probably the worst. I mean, you would have seen it, the massive great big lips and stuff. I mean, they just look, some of them look like cartoon characters, they do. So the different thing about us is that um, we won't take them as clients. Mm. So my kind of, I would say, my, my client base is probably kind of 30 to 60 year old okay. because people that I work alongside are proper doctors, proper nurses, proper surgeons. We haven't got people in my clinic that's just done a course through like lip fillers on random people. I won't go down that, won't go down that road. And uh, so, so no, we're a little bit more high end. And when it comes to cosmetic surgery, um, and listen, there are so many women out there with so many hang ups. And I will always say to someone, you know, when they come in, some people have got body dysmorphia or, you know, they think they're ugly or they think they're flat chested or they think they're sad. And, and they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're not as bad as what they're making out. So we sit, we go through stuff with them first. You'll get a lot of clients that come in and they don't just want one operation. They want to have like, say like a nose job and their boobs done or a tummy tuck and their, an eye job. And you have to kind of sit and go through stuff with people. Where what really aggravates me is you will get some companies that will just take people's money, whatever. And we've built, I've built a reputation for my business over the last, don't even know how long I've been doing it now. I fell into it. I used to have a recruitment agency in London years ago. And um, I've got to say, I, I didn't even have a web, I didn't have a website till three years ago and a proper company till three years ago. And I've been doing it probably now 12, 13 years. So I've just built up by reputation, mm. basically not ripping people off really, or making them have stuff done that they don't need. That's that's yeah, that's um, that's how I've yeah. We get a lot of blokes as well though. It's not just women; it's men as well. Oh. Yeah, yeah, men, men, um, men have Botox, men have fillers. We've got one guy. An ex-bank robber, and he's still on tag um, for drug dealing now, not not bank robbing. And when he comes out on tag, he comes and has a bit of Botox, has a bit of lip filler, and he's like six foot four, really manly. Clonic irrigation, you'd be amazed at the amount of blokes that have clonic irrigation. Eye jobs, eye jobs feature quite highly for men. We, see, we do hair transplant as well for men. Oh. <laughs> so we have all of that as well. We do hair transplant. We do a thing like the PRP where we inject their own blood and stem cell back into their scalp. So then it regenerates their hair growth. So, so yeah, we, it, it's quite diverse what we do. And, um, yeah, we, we get a lot of guys as well. But what you'll find is because of the industry I'm in, my, the characters tend to be quite quirky and nuts. So, again, it's, it's great material for, like, a podcast or if I want to do, like... Because my clients would happily go on my podcast or be on a YouTube thing. They don't care. They're, they're so nuts anyway. But um, it And they've all got a bizarre, weird story. You know, I've got one woman that works for me and she, she tells everyone she's a white witch and she wants me to go to Glastonbury and dress up as a wizard with her. And, you know, they're, they're just... People even that work for me, they're... Um, they're different and that's what makes I think the clinic fun and that's why we're busy and that's why people come back because it's not just a you know, listen you're, you're a guy you're pretty well but if you go into a normal standard beauty clinic it can be very like everyone can look you up and down it's very quiet it's not of mine it's 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 fun mm. it's a laugh it's free-for-all it's it's and a lot of people say by coming into us as well, if they feel down, they've after they've been in, they're kind of more energised, they feel happier, they've had to laugh. And, and I think because we don't just make them have, you know, listen, I've gone to do a treatment on a client. I don't do many treatments anymore. And when I've started doing it, it's like a thing called LBO, it usually lashes up. And I've got the client on the bed and I've been like, you don't need it, baby. It's just, you know, you're not ready for it. And they're like, yeah, but I need it. And I'm a bit like, just don't waste your money. You know, if you don't need it, don't, don't, don't have it. So it's gone down that road a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it's yes, it's ridiculous sometimes because what's it called? That Lisa from End Up to something. She used to be quite an attractive woman. Now I she, know she's ruined herself. Ruined herself. 
you know they just they don't know when to what it is with what i do for a living it's like right if you look at my face right right if you look at me i'm i'm 49 yeah i'm gonna be 50 in october but if you look i don't look like i've had really a lot done you can see that i don't look my age but i mean i've still got movement in my forehead my lips are a normal size but I've got, I have got Botox, I have got a bit of lip filler, I've got cheek filler here, I've got PDO threads there. But what you should have done, you should kind of just look well for your age, but you shouldn't look like you're plastic. Mm. And that's where a lot of places go wrong, because they do look like they're plastic. You mm. look at these girls and you immediately know, you think, oh my God, your face has changed shape, you look alike. You know, you've got lips out here, you've got eyes that go up at the side, it's, it's ridiculous. And now, What's what's that with the Kardashian? But I mean, they're like they're like a Barbie doll, or most of them, apart from. The, well, I just don't. I just don't get the whole big bum thing either. What is that about? I don't get it. I don't know if it's a younger thing. It must be. But for me, I've spent all my life going to the gym so I can have a small bum. I don't want a big bum. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I tell you what else we don't do. I will not because I don't agree with it. We do not do like the bum implants operations i won't do it because i just think it looks ridiculous oh yeah it's it's but i mean yeah that bianca gas bloody's really addicted to that isn't she and also with this big bum thing as well what's going to happen no one realizes they have the bum implants they're young you've got to keep going to the gym you've got to keep your muscles up as soon as you don't it's going to be you're just going to have a big saggy bum and then you're going to have your implants out then you're going to loads of excess skin i I, I don't get it. I, I don't agree with it. Uh, don't, do that. don't agree with it, so I won't do it. We've got a machine called the Brazilian Booty Lift, <laughs> which is a machine. I'm joking. <laughs> we, and it pushes, it pushes the bum up. Listen, that's fine. You're just pushing it up. You know, you're getting rid of cellulite. It's, it's too much to go into with what we do because of with, with the clinic and that. But that that is a phenomenal machine because it also it melts your fat as well so um it's endless stuff i do endless endless mm. it's only a bum lift machine huh <laughs> yeah oh. it's, it's called the brazilian booty lift <laughs> mm. and we may even become the training school for that as well mm. yeah so, uh, so there's loads, loads, of, loads of different stuff. But that's what I've been doing. So while, oh, sorry, let me have to just get rid of that. Oh, sorry, I'm going to have to go in a minute. I've got my my accountant as my accountant has sent one of the year-end accounts back at my clinic, and he's been ringing me, and I'll be like, Natani, I haven't got it. And he went to me, oh, no, and today, he went to me, oh, no, I've sent it to the clinic. I was like, oh, for God's sake, I haven't even checked the post because nothing's been going there. He went, I think I need it back by tomorrow morning. So that's why I'm still back in the car. So I've got to go back to the clinic yet and I've seen him again calling with it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, listen, to, to do a podcast together, what would you want to get out of it? Do you just want to kind of interview so you kind of practice and ask questions and just have a general conversation about life, what you've been doing in lockdown while I've been trying to kill my mother. What, what? So the, the main thing is <laughs> I want to learn from the podcast. So I want to interview, everyone's got a story or they, they know something that you mm -hmm. don't. And uh, one of the things I've found from doing the podcast is that I've mm. learned something from each podcast, no matter who I've spoken to. Yeah. And I've been watching a lot of podcasts and the podcasts that I really like are not ones that are just silly and fun, but ones where I feel they're obviously entertaining, but I want them to have something where I can learn from it as a whole. Yeah. You want, you want a bit more like, um, like for instance, talking about cosmetic surgery and why people feel they need cosmetic surgery. I mean, for me, I don't understand guys about this whole hair thing and guys are obsessed. Some are which a lot are in Essex, to be honest, in Essex, a lot of men are obsessed with themselves, full stop. But they come to me and they are like, oh my God, I'm, my hair's thinning, my hair's thinning. And some of these guys, you know, they can be 
I've got to say probably our youngest client is 21 and he has lost a lot of his hair and we've just done a hair transplant and stuff because we do that in Istanbul and then they come back in and they have PRP and but I don't get it I think you know what if you're a guy and you're going bald I don't see it as a major problem it wouldn't be for me if I met a guy and I really liked him and he was going bald that wouldn't be an issue for me and I think a lot of women do feel like that but for men it's a major concern like a real major concern and they will spend a fortune to just have hair and I want to say to them I don't know what you're you bothering you look all right so they don't. you're saying that a nightmare for them is the picture of Jason Statham yes <laughs> 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 yeah, I think he looks fine, personally. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It's you know, you've got it does it does open your eyes to you you don't realise the insecurities people really have. And I've had some clients that come to me for cosmetic surgery that probably could have enhanced themselves by having it something. But if I think they're slightly unhinged or they've got body dysmorphia or what they're doing is they feel that by having a certain procedure done to them it's going to make them happier in life and take away what maybe a trauma that they've had or it's going to make them feel better in themselves but they, they're never really happy no matter what they've done I mean I have clients come to me and they've had this done, that done, that done, that. But they're still looking for more and more. And when I, they, them kind of people come to me, I'm just a bit like, no. Because no matter what you have done or that client ever has done, it will never be enough. Because they're too insecure within themselves. And they've got to kind of sort themselves out before keep going over and over. Because listen, at the end of the day, I, I am nearly 50. There's nothing I can do about that. I can, you know, make myself look all right for being 50, but I've got to be happy within myself. No amount of Botox or filler or, I don't know, an eye job when I need it is going to make me feel less insecure. And, and you have to kind of tell people that. It has to be about not so much how they look all the time, but how they feel inside as well. And that's hard. That's why we've just about, well, before the lockdown, we've taken on um, a new member of staff, um, Paige. She's a hypnotherapist and a, like, um, not a counsellor as such. I'm not really into the whole counsellor thing because my years of experience in just this life, when I've had friends or come across people that have become counsellors, they're normally the most unhinged people I've ever met. Oh. So for them to give advice, I don't really get that. But you'll find a lot like a little bit maybe of hypnotherapy just to make people feel more confident in themselves and realize it's not always just about how i mean for me i run around most days i haven't got no makeup on my hair's pulled back and especially with the area we're in in Loughton, it is very glamorous and people are always shocked. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe you go out without makeup. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to put makeup on every day to be in the clinic and run up and down the stairs and but you'll find a lot of women won't even like leave the house without putting like mascara on listen great for me my business is what i do um I, you know but but i don't i find it very hard how some women can be that insecure that they can't get about makeup on oh, yeah it's uh, it's it's quite it's, it's sad, it's sad, and I do think it is the way society and social media as well, you know, especially with what you can do to photos now and everything else, it's not realistic, you know, you, they give, you know, and especially like when you look at people's Instagram stories or Facebook, it's that. I'm very much one, I will put on my Facebook, on my Instagram, if I'm having a shit day, I'll say I'm having a shit day, if I've, you know, I've had my dating histories hysterical with what I've been out with I can't even begin to tell you what I've come across I could do a podcast probably just on dating nutters but you know but what you do is you look at some people's like Instagram and this and that and all they put on is either really glamorous pictures of themselves and about what an amazing life they're having here there and everywhere but I'm telling you half of them people you scratch the surface 
you know, that you, that there's all sorts going on, really. It's not mm-hmm. true. But the people that kind of look into it, look at them people and think, oh, my God, I want them life. But they don't realise when that girl gets home, her husband is abusive, you know, and you just you never know what's going on but unfortunately I think with the social media and how it is now it's made everyone look to try and have this perfect image this perfect life and again you know we had a guy one of my you know my boyfriend's friends he committed suicide you know um last year he'd got to the age of 49 he got divorced he'd had a nightmare with his children, he'd like to give all his money away. He met another girl, she then didn't want him. He felt terrible and he had like a little bit, he was a little bit unhinged, bless him, but he hung himself. You know, and I think there's such a huge pressure now on men to have money, live this lifestyle that everyone's meant to have. And what I try and say to people is, especially again, saying about the area I'm in, it is an affluent area, but you can't tell really if people have got money or not. Everyone's got the watch. Everyone's got the car. Everyone lives this lifestyle. One, the watch can be fake. Two, the car can be on finance. But everyone's trying to keep up with this very glamorous lifestyle. And they can't. And that's why, you know, you've got women having more lip filler because they get used to it being a little bit big, but then their friend has bigger, so they have to have bigger. Yeah. Yeah, but that's how it, it's, it's, but it goes like that with everything. I've seen it. I've seen it with cars, handbags, holidays, places that they go. You know, it's got to be more expensive, more flamboyant the whole time. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And then you have the mental health kicking. Yeah, you've, you've raised some interesting points there. Because I've, I've found, um, I've met a couple of like psychic or mediums. And they're, mm. they're bloody completely off the wall and incredibly sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, we've, um, I've, I know a few. I mean, I have Reiki and I would never have believed in it, you know, but I am, I am a million miles an hour and I've probably got ADHD as well because my brain never switches off. And there's a guy I know that deals with children that have either like autism or ADHD and he actually said to me Dick 100% said you've got ADHD because your brain is so like on it all the time and uh, I went and had Reiki and she said to me she said oh my god she said just to calm you down for a while because it is it's you know it's it was quite she come up with some amazing stuff as well stuff about me that no one would ever have known from years ago so I do think that you know I do think that some people have got that ability definitely oh no i do do agree in that but i'm just saying that the ones that i've come across some of them that do that sort of thing they are a bit odd bit mad and they're a bit sensitive oh yeah they're they're lunatics they're lunatics they're not even a little bit mad they are completely yeah 100 percent. but yeah yeah they are I mean, I've got one one woman that works for me. She does, like I said, she believes she is a white witch. And she believes that she has this power. And uh, and I really want to say to her, you're a fucking lunatic. But she works with me, and obviously you can't. But she's the one that wanted me to go to Glastonbury and dress up as a wizard. No, I'm not going to Glastonbury and dressing up as a wizard. You know, good God. I know, listen, I... I know everyone loves a day out, but I'm not wearing a big pointy hat and um, running around a field. But no, you're fine. And she, she is quite psychic. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've got, listen, you've got a lot of people out there pretending to do something that they, they can't do. I have that with beauty, you know. There's a, there's a certain thing come out called dermaplaning where they shave your face. And I'm a bit like, what is wrong with these people? You need, like, no training. You don't need a qualification. And basically, it's a razor blade shaving off your skin. It's shaving off your hair. My God, there's going to be, like, loads of bearded women hacking around in the next three years. <laughs> you know what it's like. The more you shave, it grows so bristly. I'm a bit like, what is wrong with these people? Can't they realise? But you've got these companies that do these quick calls and don't need a qualification charge a couple of hundred quid you've got a load of girls coming around thinking well, what can i do for a living a bit of extra money i'll do a course doing derma planning but it's good marketing if you get good marketing and that's what they've done 
But mm. no, there's loads of things that don't work in the beauty industry, trust me. Loads. There's, yeah, it's, and there's also marketing, business, like psychology, <laughs> like dating. <laughs> it's, well, the thing is, I'm in a position where I haven't got a lot of money. So I think that's some t for the moment anyway, and I think that's that's. Yeah, you will, you will, I'll be all right. Yeah, no, I, I, don't. I do believe I do believe in positive thinking, though. Let me tell you, positive thinking as freaky and mad as that might sound, I've never would have believed it. But one of my exes got me into it, and I'm telling you, he got me into it, and within the space of about two months, I got an extra forty-five grand. Yeah, oh, I definitely believe in that. It's it's yeah, that work is true positive thinking do, do you get yourself get yourself a bit of red string put it around your left wrist things will change and that's <laughs> weird and that's freaky i would never have said it he gave me this he was a client he was a client and he owned um diamond mines in sierra leone and he had loads of different things yeah right <laughs> british guy um anyway well, he, he'd come he, he was a client we got on eventually started going out he took me to Vienna for New Year had a great time but he gave me on our very first date a piece of I mean like my mates were in absolute bits so I come back from this date wearing a bit of like red rope around my left wrist and he gave it to me and he went to me wear this it's for protection and wealth he went when I'm not with you it'll protect you and I thought oh good god so of course my mates are absolutely wetting themselves like a bit what are you doing hacking around with a bit of red string like with a bobble on it I was a bit like listen what can I do and even I was laughing I was like, I can't take it off I said he's a bit like you know he is a bit off the wall but I like I anyway me and him didn't work out but that's a whole different story of why we didn't work out what I found what he was really involved in and I would have ended up being held hostage at some point so anyway we've stopped seeing each other which is fine but we still remain friends but anyway while I had this bit of red string that I was wearing things were kind of turning around and he was into the whole positive thinking anyway when we finished I took it off and then it was a bit of like I thought you know what I'm actually gonna get some red string and I'm gonna just say how it is because he gave me the book The Secret as well and I read half of it and I thought yeah positive thinking I still haven't finished it all it's a bit long-winded for me because I've got ADHD and I couldn't really deal with that much. anyway so now I've got this red string put it on my wrist said to my boyfriend that I'm with now I've been with on and off for years we were like we had school together and we kind of got back together and realized it so I went to him he'd I had an ex-wife he had to give a lot of money to. His business has been up and down. He lost it all. He had to start again. So I said, Matt, and he's not like that either. I said, just do me a favour. I said, I know you're going to laugh at me. I said, but I've altered this red string, right? I said, you've got to wear it around your left wrist. And he was a bit like, big. get a grip. What are you talking about? No, I said, Matt, just do it. Honestly, I said, because it does kind of work. He has now had that red string on for the last, five weeks he has probably since he's had that red string been bringing in nearly 10 grand a week and i know it's weird listen i'm going to show you the bit of red string on my wrist hold on now hold on there it is it's true it does kind of work oh my god <laughs> so basically we are the red string game but it does work it does. Do you not think? Well, you do, obviously. Well, I'm I'm not really paid much attention to it because I'm I'm a well, I'm a, I'm I'm with the parents. So I was raised Buddhist, and my mom's raised superstitious, and he puts all these. So you've just gone with it, yeah. So you've just listen. It works. I'm pretty sure I've just got one of my, my business partners on it as well, and everyone is like, but everyone's getting a bit like, like do you know what, Vic? Yeah. Till it kind of comes to the end and falls off. Mm. But I've got a batch, I've got a batch in the house ready. As soon as that red string comes off, another one is going on. <laughs> mm. It's true. <laughs> I thought I'm in bulk, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's, I do. I just think you've got to be positive. You never know what's around the corner, but you know what? You can't be negative enough, and that's what I found hard about my mum. Because my mum is very much like, um, mm. 
oh, well, no, you know, that won't work, will it? Or this won't work. And, oh, you know, why, why would you? And I think, oh, do you know what? Oh, I can't listen to it. Got no time for it. No time for it. Headphones. <laughs> Trust me, I've been, I've been watching a thing on more for you pretty well, but it's called Mary Kills People, and it's about a doctor that basically does like when people are near end of life, they kill them. And it's like, it, it's obviously a fictional thing, but it's quite, it's quite dry, dark humour. But it is really good. Anyway, so I've been watching it with my mum, but I can see my mum looking at me because no disrespect and I know this is terrible what I do for a living I thought yeah I, I can see that being a good business plan I wouldn't just kill people randomly they kind of have to be near the end of life and want to do it but I'm a bit like yeah you know what if people are suffering that much but I can see my mum thinking oh my god she's actually thinking this is a good thing and I'm actually looking at my mum thinking do you know what if you keep moaning too much I now know what I've got to buy a pentabarbicon or something you only need to have a mouthful of it. You're done. You're out. Yeah. So if me and you talk next time and my mother is dead, keep it to yourself. Okay? Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> red string. Red string. So you've got to say. It's all good. <laughs> um, so do you, do you use vision boards or anything like that? No, I don't. And a lot of people have said about vision boards. And I know this is a, a vision board is just like another job for me to do. And I kind of feel I don't need a vision board because I know in my head what I'm going to be doing anyway. Okay. And I do. But I know you, what my plan is. But you believe in visualization and all that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The one thing I found when I've been talking about this topic, there's, there's people on two sides of the spectrum. There's ones that say that you should mention your goal, so you've got something to aim for, mm -hmm. but then there's others saying that you shouldn't tell it to anyone, because otherwise you, you get happy about it, and then you stop doing it. I, I think that depends on the individual. I think that depends on your personality. I don't... I think for me, it's not so much... I don't feel I need to talk about it too much, but I will if it's someone that's interested in it, but I wouldn't push my views onto someone mm. if they did it. It's like, for instance, if you come on to me uh, here today, come on to me today and said, oh Vic, I love all detox clinics and this and that, I would then talk to you about my detox clinic experiences and what I want my detox clinic to be like and how good it will be, but I wouldn't just randomly throw that in and bore you to tears with it. Mm. But no, but I'm a bit like that. I'll kind of try and find a common interest. Um, if it's especially if it's a client, you find a common interest, and then obviously you build the relationship on that. But that's years of being in recruitment as well. I'm a salesperson basically. Yeah, you charm people. Really? You say yeah. hello there, nice hat. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Red string. You got a red string. You got a red string. I'm all over you like a rash. See. But yeah, I will do. But listen, there's some people, and I'm quite good. I sometimes I can meet people, and I instinctively know they're not a good person. And normally, I will find out down the line they're not a good person. Hmm. I'm quite. Um, I I don't like bitchy women. I don't like people that like to see other people's downfalls. I'm one of these people. If I'm watching like a program on the television and and they win, I don't know. Say for instance. What is it like Saturday night takeaway and the person wins, you know, the whole thing at the end of it. I'm over the moon for them. I like good things. I like people to be happy. I'm like, if I'm in the street and I see people laughing, I like that. I want good. I, I don't like misery. Mm. And I don't like people that basically, what is it, where they, they kind of thrive on it. They kind of thrive on the drama of finding out their friend's husband's had an affair or this person's lost all their money. I, I don't like people like that. They're not for me. One, one thing that I've found, so you, you, you sound like you've had a lot of journeys. But yeah. What, um, so you said that your brother's in Dubai and is like, has that been ingrained from like your family to be sort of self-independent? Yes, yes. Yeah, because we basically, it's only myself and my brother, because from a young age, my mum my and dad had, well, it was more my mum, she had like hairdressing shops, she was very, very business orientated and made her money, but then we lost it all. 
um, due to a bad business thing that my dad went into and he got ripped off. So we kind of, I was, when I was a baby, I was born into a nice life. By the time my brother arrived, I was four and we had nothing. I mean, one of my first things I, when I knew we really had lost it all was when I had a dress made out of the same material that the curtains were made in. And I think from knowing what that was like and the struggle that we had to get that back and then my dad dying, um, I've kind of, I, I've been bankrupt. So I made it, I was from a young age, From there's, there's a lot more about my life, but I was kind of like, I was quite a fat, chubby child and I turned out to be not too bad looking. I ended up being in Miss United Kingdom. I ended up going down another path. Um, then I ended up in recruitment and made a lot of money with it. Then I made bad investments. And I mean, I had a massive flat on the River Thames, like huge, beautiful lost it all, went bankrupt, got in, back involved with the guy I was with from Young, not the one I'm with now, another one. Um, it, he turned out to be abusive in every single possible way he could. Um, I only left him four years ago. Um, so I've kind of been up there to right down there to there again to up to down. So I've kind of lived all the different things. I've lived extreme wealth and from a very young age, I, I married into farm, um, Quintel Pharmaceuticals, which are a huge American pharmaceutical company. So I used to fly around in private jets um, oh, and stuff. Nice. So, so I've, my life has been, my life has been like really up to like, okay, scrabbling around in the basement and halfway again, back again, a bit higher. But, and, you know, this is what we were saying. I left four years ago from an awful abusive relationship and... I'm kind of getting myself back up again and it's all kind of going all right, which is why, look, like they say, most millionaires you'll find have had it and lost it at least three times before they make it. I'm not losing it again. Mm. Too old. Too old, too knackered. Not doing that again. But no. So, um, so yeah, so it has been, you know, my brother, he again, my brother's worth millions, absolute millions. And, um, yeah, you know, he's self-made. I got like what would be equivalent for you, like a, I got like a GCSE in pottery. My brother got a GCSE in art. And my brother is worth a fortune. One, one thing I find quite funny with like colleges or universities and all of that, there's a lot of things that you cannot get taught within a, within the sort of a, like in terms of, yeah, it doesn't matter where you sort of start up. It's where you sort of end up that matters. Yeah. And also it's about the people you meet along the way and you do have to, you've got to take risks. You have to take risks. Mm. You'll never get anywhere if you don't take a risk. Nothing ever, nothing's ever handed to you on a plate. And if it is handed to you on a plate and you haven't taken a risk, you don't know how valuable that thing is. You have to have risked and lived it to know that you can't ever lose it again. Mm. You do. And you have to, I think, know what it's like not to have anything. Yes, that's, that's something, I, that's one thing I've, I've spoken to people. Um, I know someone who works in TV. Um, but he, he tells me that the worst sort of celebrities that are on there are ones from like Love Island and like these mm. shows yeah yeah it no exactly you you've got to have you've got to realize how hard it is to get there sometimes to really appreciate what you've got and that's why in a way when i was in recruitment i was i fell in i'm not everything i've done i've fallen into it but I um I was I was I used to dance in um uh, raves. Raves were like my my era. I was a rave dancer as well. And um and I don't get wrong, I loved it, but it was exhausting. And I kind of thought, you know what? Maybe I need to kind of look to do like a normal issue job now. And I went into a recruitment agency called Office Angels near to where I lived. Sat down, started filling out a form. Um, didn't know what I was going to do. 
and ended up talking to a guy that was sitting near to me and he turned out to be one of the main shareholders of Office Angels and he just went, don't bother filling out the form, you'll be perfect in recruitment, I'll fast track you. So I went into it, I was really good at it, I earned a lot of money very fast in it and spunked the lot, really, because I never really had to try because it was kind of not given to me, but he he gave me, I didn't have to go through what everyone else got to go through to get the job and learn the job. He put me straight in and I was just good at it. And I, I just thought it was kind of easy come and easy go and lost, you know, if I, if I hadn't lost that flat in Wapping, I think that's worth about 1.2 million now. Lost it. One, one, one job interview question I always find quite stupid. I think that's quite rhetorical is like people ask you what you do with a million pounds and the thing is for me you invest it then you've still got money from it and you can do other things with it if you just spend it away it's gone and you've wasted it if you exactly. invest it I, of course you would you you buy you'll buy property um you, you you of course you would you buy something that you earn a living from but some people won't they'll go oh i'll buy um i don't know i'll buy mclaren I'll buy a bow, I'll go on this holiday, I'll do that. What an arsehole. You know, a million pound, a million doesn't actually even get you that much these days. No. It doesn't get you security. You need more than that. You Unfortunately. Can <laughs> you can buy a house. Yeah, yeah, you can buy But you would. So for me, what I would do with a million, you would buy a property that maybe you can rent out to like students, or something along that line, where you've got a constant income coming in. Mm. That's what you do. Yep. What, one question I do want to ask. You did say that you, you're busy and you've got to be going somewhere. When do you need to get going? So I don't, I don't want to swap you. Really. I'll, I'm going to have to go in a minute. Cause I've, I've got to go. I've got to get back to Loughton. Um but I tell you what, listen, what you can do, have a think about it. Have a think about what, if I'm going to be any good for you, more to the point, if it's going to be worth your while. Um, listen, I, you know, listen, if I can help you do that, you just want to interview me and I'll, listen, I'll, I, don't, I don't care, I'll do it. I'm quite easy going. You just tell me. If you think, oh, I can use her for that and I can learn off of that, do, do what you want. Because, I, listen, I can learn off you too anyway, because I can practice talking shit yeah, yeah, that's I do my anyway so it's fine <laughs> it comes so natural but it's like uh... yeah I'm a fluent expert in talking shit so <laughs> well listen you're a comedian so you're <laughs> you, so you, you, you're better than me clearly with it so <laughs> yeah so yeah just have a think see whether you think what my little life experiences could be good for you if it'll work for you what my views if they're you know if they're like controversial enough, if you want me to, I don't know, just, just tell me, let me know, have a think about it. Okay, no worries. It's, it's been, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. I, you, you've, yeah. I mean, you've pointed me in directions of things that I didn't think of before. So it's been, good. been fun. Good, good. Well, just, um, just well, message me, let me know. Yeah, will do. Um, and remember, remember, don't you dare take that red string off. It's keeping in, it's staying there. It's a, <laughs> the red string. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, well, listen, just, just contact me, yeah, just let me know. Well, take care and, yeah. Thank you too, Hannah. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, darling. Bye-bye.